Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Happy day, people. I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you are listening to episode 146 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Mahalo, everybody. Thank you for having me. Okay, quickly, shortly, explain. Mahalo means thank you in Hawaiian, so... Just working on my foreign languages. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, some so I know of us. Mahalo and aloha. I think those are the two I've got down. <laughs> Let's just get through these two things. A uh, couple things. We're talking groups on today's episode. A couple quick reminders before we get into it. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, do it. Don't wait any longer. We are just waiting for you in the podcast store. Just do it. You can find us on all the major platforms. And if you give us a review, it helps other people see the podcast. It means a lot to us. Also follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pure Desire PDMI. And if you like to consume video content, we have some clips from these episodes up on as well. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. Okay, so today, which I, I made the mistake of saying tonight uh, <laughs> in the episode, uh, we sat down with Rich Moore, our international men's groups coordinator, to talk about groups launch night. Yeah, great to have Rich on and his wealth of experience and I think what we're recognizing in this podcast is that a key to finishing well is starting well. Mm. Uh, in fact, just uh, today, someone was asking me about our groups and, you know, that most of them are nine, ten, nine or 10 months long. And they're like, do people finish that? And, <laughs> and it caught me as an odd question because I was like, well, yeah, like, why wouldn't they? Right. But for this person just thinking, how do you get them through that commitment? And I think really a key is that we create a healthy expectation up front and mm. people know this is a process and I've got to commit to the process. So that's kind of what we look at tonight is how do you start well? How do you launch the group and, and have a night outside of the, uh, you know, the normal group yep. going through a lesson and the homework stuff yep. where you just talk about what the group is going to be like and yep. do that well so that the group that you do have mm-hmm. will finish well. And I think Rich and uh, you and I, we got to have a great discussion about that. And yeah. I think people will get a lot out of it. Yeah. And I think that if you're not doing a group's launch night, uh, this will help you see how simple it can be and then how effective it can also be as you are getting into groups. So enjoy the episode. Rich, welcome back. 
Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, we like having you on the podcast. Uh, man, it's funny. We record these at all different times. And so sometimes we forget how long, like you may be on one podcast and then two podcasts later you're on it, but there's two months in between those recording <laughs> dates. So it feels like we haven't had you on yeah. for a while, even yeah. though you were on the most, one of the more recent infamous group member episodes. But yeah. uh, today we're talking groups again, but we're talking specifically about what we call group launch night. Um I don't even know if we officially call it that, but it that's what we're I talking think you about. You just coined the phrase, whether we used to call it Patent that or not. Patent pending, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is like, now. <laughs> little R in the circle, right? Copyright. Um, so initially, this can be something that can be confused with actually the, um, the actual start of group, the first night. Uh, I know for me, even before we got on the air today, I just was telling you guys that I've actually never done a launch night, but I've done a little bit of a spiel up front of when we first start a group. And so we're going to talk a little bit what this could look like um, that first night of welcoming people into the possibility of starting groups. So uh, let's just start with this. The uh, sh- Differentiate the two. Like we've got the first night of group and you've got some things that you're saying, and then there's this, the group launch night. How are the two different? Um, me personally, I just, I just, my group launch night, uh, I'm actually pretty excited for this cause I think, uh, me personally, this is the most important night mm. for the next two to five years. It wow. really, yeah. uh, cause this is the first night of the rest of your life in health. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if you don't get to, you can't get to the last night of group if you don't get to the first night. So I think this is a very important part of group and, uh, that first initial night is just going over uh, the basic, that the you know the the important stuff, the memo, the MOU, covenant to contend, so the memo guidelines. of understanding, yep, memo yep. of understanding, the yep. group guidelines, best practices, um, sharing your story. I think as a leader, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing in that first night is to share your story, and mm-hmm. and I would challenge leaders to not just share their story, but really set the tone by going pretty deep the first mm-hmm. night because uh, that will mean a lot to the men and women in group. So, Yeah, the way I distinguish between the two, I think of the the launch night as inviting people into a process versus when you actually start your group, it's like working with people who have already committed to be in the process. Right. So it's inviting people in versus working with people who yeah. are in. And, and I think it's, it's so important because you really need – um, that, that time to talk people through what they're committing to. That's yeah. one of the distinctives of a pure desire group. You know, unlike maybe a traditional 12-step group, that a 12-step is much more drop in when you need to, come check it out, see if it's a good fit, you know, just find out where a meeting is, go attend one, go somewhere else. That We really don't have a drop-in culture at all because we want people who are in the group to be committed to the process and to one another and yeah. to know what they've committed to. But that really is a lot to ask of someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just say, hey, first night is Thursday, see you guys then. And often, and, and you may have guys coming that had a total misunderstanding yeah. um, of what they were getting into. Uh, one quick example, it's, it's not exactly about a pure desire group, but it's you know, groups we closely associate with at the Genesis process. I was doing a, a group's launch night for the Genesis process. And one of the guys who came, um, we went through the whole night at the end, he literally said, I thought this was a Bible study on the book of Genesis, <laughs> and I was interested. But now that I've heard what it's about, I'm even more interested. Ah, there we go. Good. Uh, but I just thought, if we would just assumed everyone was on the yeah. same page and everyone yeah. knows what to expect, like, boy, that first night would have been a real shocker for him. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, obviously, most people aren't going to be that extreme in what their misconceptions are, but I think everyone just has some 
different ideas of what it'll be like. And so in your group launch night, you're just trying to create the expectations, mm-hmm. set the standards, and, yeah. and give people then that opportunity to respond, I'm in, I'm going for it, or to say, you yeah. know what, I, it's great, but I'm not ready. This makes me think too, it takes the pressure off um, of the people from the stage, maybe on Sunday who are announcing this, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's the pastor who's making a push for pure desire groups in your church, that this takes the pressure off from you having to give the whole sales pitch, that you can talk about it in general terms, that it's about sexual integrity and healing from betrayal and what it looks like to, you know, heal your marriage and understand healthy relationships. So you can give the bullet points, but then what I'm hearing you guys say is this could be the night that really convinces people. Like, come to hear more information about the groups. We'll go in a little bit more detail. We'll share some stories, that sort of thing. Uh, And so I think that I know for me, when you get up on stage in front of people, whether it's 100 people or 1,000 or 10,000 people, there's like this pressure like, oh, if I just say it right, then everyone will come. But this, I feel like, could take pressure off where it's like, Mm -hmm. hey... Little plug, this is an informational meeting just to get an idea and then jump in. Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah. Well, and I think, too, yeah. the the what helps in that process is the orientation piece of it. Yeah. You know, like, so if you use Conquer Series, whatever that is, that, that first steps, when you get into Seven Pillars or Unraveled or Betrayal and Beyond, yeah. they know at least what to expect. Uh, maybe not all of it. Right. Uh, but they've had enough um, information going in to say, yeah. okay, this is at least what I'm going to be working on. Right. Do I want to take the next step? Right. Like, oh, you mean I just showed up on launch night and I'm already, you know, yes. devoted now for nine months? Like, I wasn't ready for that. Hold on yeah. a second. <laughs> and we have your signature right here. Yep. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so we've already started to, uh, to touch on this a little bit, but let's uh, just talk through some more reasons why having a group launch night or, you know, if you call it an orientation or you call it a come ask your questions and yeah, I, you know, yeah. I think what people call it in their own church or context is, is fine, but why is having a night like this or a, a gathering like this so valuable and important? I, I mean, I, I think, uh, and we've talked about this before to some level on the podcast, it, it's, it gives people a shame-free opportunity to just say, you know what, this isn't for me and step back. I think I've heard you say that mm-hmm. um, as well in conversations we have with church leaders and it's okay to have this because if you come in and you're like, you know what, I'm not ready for this, which that's an okay place to be. Like, no shame on you, but if this is an area that you struggle in, here's what we're offering, and if you want to step into it, you can. So it, it's basically like a, you're not admitting you have faults, you're coming to get information, and also we're not shaming you uh, where you feel like you feel free to just be like, you know what, I'm not ready for this, I can't step in at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think when we set the tone as a leader that you know to let let them know that this first night or I usually take about two weeks before you really get into the yeah. lesson, so there's no expectations for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I let them know. I always start by my story first. Yeah, and then that's I good. Do, it's just kind of the icebreaker, and um, you know, and I go deep with my story. I don't do the short version. I do the long version so they understand. The whole process. Four hours later, yeah, they're four hours walking later. out, right? <laughs> and they're like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think it's important how we frame it yeah. or, or sell it, if you, you say. Um, but uh, uh, to be able to give them an option, say, in, in that first meeting, too, is yeah. to give the option for them to share. And I always let them know, say, hey, you can share as much as you want or you can share as little as you want. And if right. you're not ready. Right. But usually what happens is when we just open up our own story. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is usually all in yeah. for the most part in their sharing up front. But it's really how we frame that first meeting, whether they're going to commit 
to the next nine, 10, 12 months. Yeah, I, I think of the number of stories in scripture where people's invitation was to come and see, you know, to come to Jesus, come and see the man who, you know, told me everything about my life. Come and see, could this be the, the rabbi or the teacher we've been waiting for? Come and see. And that invitational feel of there's something important going on, let's go check it out. And so I think on an orientation or a group launch night like this, it's always been my goal to have too many people there, meaning I hope yeah. it's larger than what one group would fit, because I, I expect it's it's going to pare down a little bit, mm -hmm. that some people are going to say, you know, I'm not ready, it's not for me, it's not quite what I thought, um, I can't make the commitment. But the more that you invite people to come, there may be some that are ready that otherwise wouldn't have initially signed on for the group, but when they hear the information, they yeah. maybe hear your testimony, yeah. it intrigues them, and, and they're able to process to a place of saying, yeah, I'm in. And, and some of this is just an awareness of people's mm -hmm. differing personalities, that some people can hear about an idea and in two minutes know if they're in or not. Right. And other people need time to process, to ask questions, and to make the right kind of commitment. And so if, if, we, <clears throat> if we don't do something like this, we're basically um, making everyone be the same personality type yeah. that can make decisions quickly on right. a small amount of information. And right. you know, I might be comfortable with that, but uh, my wife would not be. Like she would want to process yeah. and think about it and yep. pray and ask questions, and and that's great. So if if you have a group launch night, you really allow people to explore, and then when they sign on, to do it for all the right reasons and and know what they're getting into. So I think just that hey, we're, we're having a night for, like, here's the way we would phrase it, like, we're going to be launching some men's purity groups and really learning how to live in freedom for the long haul. And if, if you're interested what that would look like, or if, if you would want to be a part of this group, we're having an, an orientation night and no expectations, no strings attached. You're not yeah. signing up for the group. You're just coming to hear and learn if this might be the right fit for you. And and then, um, you know, hopefully you have a great group there that from there you get down to your group size. And, and sometimes you may even find that you have more than one group of people ready to start, which is a, a great problem to have. Yes, um, totally. But, but could help you see the need that's there and maybe work on a second or third group even. Yep. Yeah, you know, that first night is so important. Uh, so there's a lot of things that could go really well. And there's a lot of things that can go not so good. Uh, <laughs> sure. So when we talk about some of the pitfalls, major pitfalls uh, that can happen in that first meeting. Yeah, you already mentioned one of them, Rich, and I think that's um, expecting people to share their whole story. Yes. I, I do agree, I agree with you completely that uh, as the leader, we've processed our story, we're comfortable with that, that we share our story, but then it's important to say, hey, you don't need to share anything more than you know your name and yeah. a sentence yeah. about why you're here. But if you'd like to share a little more, and, and often there's some time constraints depending how many people have come. You might say, hey, you've mm -hmm. you know, got three minutes at most, but... I think that's a huge pitfall of just expecting that everyone's going to be ready on that yeah. orientation night to yeah. open up the whole story. And, and some people will. So I, I think that's, that's one, just to really create an environment of um, whatever place you're at, we're okay with right now. I think another pitfall might be downplaying some of the group expectations, mm -hmm. you know, trying yeah. to convince people to, like to do something. It. Yeah, yeah, like, well, oh, it really won't be that hard. Right. Or, uh, you know, yeah. if you can't get your homework done, it's no Nine big months deal. Isn't long. Or, yeah. Or, these requirements, we don't really follow them. Or, <laughs> because what you're doing is creating that expectation that, yeah. oh, I, I can kind of have a half hearted commitment, I can right. be in and out. Yeah. Um, what we've said on this podcast so many times is like set the bar high because that's what people will jump for. Yeah. 
if you create the low bar so they'll join the group, you will constantly be trying to pull them along and yep. convince them to do something, yeah. not realizing you're working against the very standard you created for them. So those are the two that came quickly to mind for me. Yeah, I think um, a couple that come to mind for me are uh, there's this like, again, this pressure that you feel you have to convince people. So you get like super rah-rah about it. And it's like, uh, you basically end up shaming people with your language. Like if you're not willing to step in and do this now, you're never going to be free. And you're just like bashing and negative and negative and negative. And I think in reality, why you share your story, like you were mentioning, mm -hmm. Rich, is because you're showing the benefits of group. Yeah. You're showing the positive side of health and what it looks like and what the work can give you. And so I think that going through details of what group's going to cover, sure. But yeah. not just like, hey, if you don't do this, your wife's going to leave you or your husband's going to keep acting like whatever. Don't don't do that, because I think that. This is my thing. I don't think that it's our job to convince people this is the right thing. I think it's our job to share how it has impacted mm -hmm. us, share what the expectations are of group and let those people make their decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always I always come from it for a little bit more upfront, like not, I don't want to say abrasive, but on that end, yeah. as far as like. You know, I'll let them know, hey, this next 10 months is going to be the most painful, yeah, the, mo the toughest time in your life, but it's going to be the most rewarding time in your life. And then what yeah, I do right. is through that, it's like I share out of my experience, mm -hmm. okay, this is what it took, what it took me to get to where I am today, yeah. you know, meetings with Ted, yeah. constantly in the book, meeting after meeting after meeting, I mean, nonstop mm -hmm. work on your, your yep. addiction. And it's not easy. Mm -mm. Uh, if it was easy, everybody would do it and they'd get a gold star at the end, but this is not. I'm still waiting for that gold star. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. On back order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, and I think, I think that that passion that people usually have in that when they're trying to convince people is really from a good place. And so if you've done that before, I know I've done that before. Like I'm trying to convince someone that healing is best for them. Yep. And it's kind of, in my mind, it's in the same vein of what we say, that you can't care more about someone's recovery than they do. It's the same thing. You can't care about them starting the journey more than they do. Like, yeah. you just have to say this is what it is and and hope and pray and be there for when they're ready to do it. And if you're honest up front saying, hey, it is going to be rough. Yeah. But it's going to be really hard. Yeah. But you have six, seven men or women right. that are going to be there every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that are going to be a part, essential part of the process. You're yeah. not doing this alone. So, and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really rough but you've got these people that are yep. going to carry you through yeah so uh yeah, super go ahead i should say another pitfall i was thinking of is not giving clear next steps about what to do if you're ready and so there are a lot of different ways you can approach it but i think you need to determine um, what do people need to do to decide they're in so some churches i know maybe have a kind of form they have people fill out yep. For me, it was always uh, just using the memo of understanding in the workbooks. I would say when you've bought, when you have signed this form and returned it to me and purchased your materials, that's when you're in the group. And in our church, we would buy the materials ahead of time and resell them so that no one would have the excuse of, oh, it didn't come, or I couldn't get online. or So I would have them right there. But you, you don't have to do that. You could send people to the website to get their materials. But I, I think you do want to make it clear to say, okay, if as you decide whether you're in the group or not, mm -hmm. when you know you're in, this is what you do. Is, is it contact you? Is it contact the office? Is it sign a form? Is mm -hmm. it whatever works within your system? It's it's okay if it's different. Just make sure there is a plan. Yep. Because if people leave not sure, they may fall through the cracks just because they weren't they were interested, but they were waiting for someone to call them, or yep. they thought yep. uh, there would be a next step that would come later. And so you just want to be upfront with that so people know 
what to do when they're ready to say, yep. I'm in and let's go for it. Super good stuff so far, guys. We're gonna take a quick break and talk about some information from this month's sponsor. All right, today's sponsor is Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes has been helping people overcome pornography's powerful grips for 20 years and plus. It's world-class accountability software and it has insightful educational resources. They've got great PDFs. Uh, I just I enjoy their website. Uh, their more recent videos have also been awesome ways to definitely diminish shame. And just last year, Covenant Eyes released its new revolutionary screen accountability software and filtering solution. This uses powerful, really artificial intelligence technology and honestly it's kind of scary how awesome it is yeah patented ai technology because it's it's so good yeah uh very early on in my recovery covenant eyes was a, a huge key because it was a safe secure place that i could reach out to and start to get help and have that uh, monitoring software on everything i used and i think it's just an essential tool to have in your recovery kit. And one of the great things about Covenant Eyes is their plans uh, really are designed even for a whole family, that if you have the monthly subscription, you can have up to 10 users and all the devices you want that are protected. So it's not just about your integrity, but what could you do for your whole home to have every device under that plan and to create that safe environment that your family just knows, hey, online, we're not alone, that, that we don't hide out online, but it's a place that we're still in healthy community. So. A great value there when you use Covenant Eyes. And Covenant Eyes and us here at Pure Desire have been partnering for some time now, and we're thankful to fight the battle for sexual integrity together. Regardless of if you're in-group or not, accountability software is an essential tool for sobriety and health. Covenant Eyes right now is offering a deal for you. It's a free 30-day trial of Covenant Eyes if you use the promo code PUREDESIRE, one word, PUREDESIRE at checkout. So go to www.covenanteyes.com and grab that first month free. All right, so let's turn it then, because I, I mean, and this is one of the things I love that we can look at both sides, like what to avoid, but then let's talk about the positive side. What are, and let's boil it down, what are some essentials for group launch night? What is an absolute essential for this night? I think the first, one of the first things we need to do, and we've talked about this, I don't know, quite a bit on the podcast about the legal stuff. Yeah. So it's very important on the MOU is to go through hmm. that and to come to contend, uh, the mandatory reporting. If we need to find out if men and women are on probation, we yeah. need to contact their probation officer if they can even be on campus. There's a lot of things we could talk about a mm -hmm. whole episode on. So uh, if you have questions, you can get a hold of me on that. Yeah. But that is that has to be done mm -hmm. early because um, you just if if it's and there's so many I have the call frequently uh, that a lot of times that does not get done early in group yeah it doesn't get talked to and what happens is is we've had this conversation where groups will go they'll skip the intro and all that stuff yep. they'll just go right into pillar one so they they lose mm -hmm. a lot of that key stuff in the beginning that is not just there to be to be a page filler but yep. some of it to protect the church yeah so yeah I, I think of at that um launch night you really want to set the tone and talk about how it's not a performance group. We're not just here to check in on, did you mess up this week or not? Yep. But we're really yep. looking at the, the deeper things driving our behavior and that it's very comprehensive. And, um, and that tone of both grace and truth, that there's incredible grace for whatever your behavior mm -hmm. is. You know, that, that's another thing you want to make sure you're clear about, that it doesn't matter whether your struggle is you know, just lust in the mind or something yeah. extreme where you're acting out with other people. Like wherever you're at, we're, we all need the same healing yeah. and the same recovery. And so that's the grace of 
it doesn't matter where your behavior is taking you. It, it matters that you're here, you're going to be loved and cared for in this process, and, and there's hope. So I think that tone of grace, but, but still of truth to say we're going to deal honestly with what's going on in our lives. We're not going to beat around the bushes. We're not going to sugarcoat things. We want to be very honest about what's gone in our past and our present and, and, and offering that challenge of if, if you're ready to, to yeah. face those things, we're not going to ignore those things. So if, if you're not ready to be honest, and, and again, back to what Rich said earlier, like we're not going to force things out of you. We're not, right. you know, it, that's the gray side. But there is an expectation we're here to get at the truth, and we really can't recover if we're wanting to stay in hiding and not face the truth. So I think that tone is is really important. And then a, a really practical thing that I think uh, gets missed a lot is, to me, it, it's important that you determine the time the group is going to be meeting at as the leader, because if you just open it up, say, well, when when would this group work for you guys to meet? You know, or, yeah. or when were you? When would you ladies all be free? Right. It's like. Three Man, good luck later. With, with that yeah. nightmare is everybody's schedules. And, well, that's kind of our soccer night, or we like to do a family game. You, you just get into everybody's schedules. And <laughs> I think the best way is for the leader to say, here's the time that works for me when the group will be meeting. And if it's a priority and you can rearrange your schedule, yep. that's when it'll be. Yep. Now, I, I think there are some cases where a leader may have a couple of options. And I think that's okay, too, to yeah, say totally. it's going to be one of these two days, what works best, and and maybe land on one. But just recognize that the more you open it up, the more you're going to disappoint someone <laughs> who's like, well, my only time was Saturday and they didn't pick Saturday, so they must not want me in the group. And um, <laughs> it, it's just easier if as yeah. the leader, you can say, this is totally. when the group meets and I hope you'll be able to make that time. Yeah. And then if not, you know, help them find other options of maybe an online group or if there are other groups at your church. Um, but that's just a real p- practical one to already have a plan of yeah. when are we meeting and yeah. where, and then let people decide if they can do it. Yeah. The only other thing I would add is we've already talked about it. I think sharing um, sharing your story or having someone share their story mm-hmm. is essential to that night. Yep. Um, maybe even having multiple people. Yep. Um, I remember when we had our first like group launch night. I guess yeah. we did have a group launch yeah. night. Hey, guys, I had one. Way to go. I am a seasoned <laughs> veteran. Yeah, um, that was a while back. You yeah. and uh, I want to say it was Dave came Dave, down yep. and shared you guys' stories. And I remember... Nah, it wasn't a launch night. See, now I'm, it was like week three of the Conquer series. I had you guys come down and you yeah. guys were sharing, but kind of a semi launch night. Yeah, like a mid, a mid launch night. Yeah. But uh, I remember you guys both shared your stories, and your stories are similar in some ways, but different in some ways. And I remember guys walking, I remember hearing guys who had come that night saying, Oh, I really connected with Dave, or I really yeah. connected with Rich. Yeah, Dave or, nailed that one. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I remember that. It was, yeah. bro, it was heavy. <laughs> Like I walked out carrying his baggage. There was a lot. But uh, I just remember that being so powerful because what that does is that not only gives a glimpse of like, hey, redemption and growth and healing is possible, but also like you're not alone in the depth of your struggle and how this can impact and really destroy your life. Uh, And so it was almost like the sober reminder of this is what life could be if it's not now. Uh, But then also, look, this is what you can have. And so I think that sharing your story is essential. Yeah, and, and we've kind of mentioned some of these pieces, but if, if I could just say that is kind of a, a general order for the night that I've seen most frequently is as people get there, you either you're sharing your story or someone shares their story. You maybe open it up a little bit for everyone to introduce themselves, um, and then you walk through the memo of understanding. You walk through the group guidelines. Uh, you walk through the covenant to contend, because those three core documents really 
spell out the expectations for you. So if you go through those, and it can be a little tedious, and you can decide for yourself if you want to summarize or read them word for word. Yeah. Or, but if, if you make sure you're following those documents, you won't miss anything. Um, and then very often, I will also uh, go through a faster scale, because that is one of the things yeah. that I can give to someone that says, hey, and at our first week, we're going to take our first stab at going through the faster scale. Yep. And so here's an example of how that works. And I think another reason for using the faster skill, even that orientation night, is because it does quickly give someone a snapshot of how this group is going to be different than anything they've ever done. Yeah. It's not going to be just another Bible study. It's not just a book study. It's not just come and share, did you relapse or not? But when you're starting to talk through the the, the emotional scale and yeah. um, why were you doing what you didn't want to do, what was your double bind, yeah. like... That can be really, really eye-opening, and I think engage people. So those are the most typical things I will walk through, and then at the end, just saying, what questions do you have, concerns, frustration, you know, and, and just having some open dialogue. And I find generally it, it can take about two hours if you have, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten people there. So don't think, oh, it's just an orientation. We'll just 30 minutes and we'll be done. Like, yeah. you want to take some time and go through all those things. So yeah. I usually plan about the full two hours and um, find that that works about right. Yeah, it's good. So, back to me. Uh, is groups launch night? Is this a one-time thing we do, or should we be doing a launch night every time we start new groups? I mean, we hope it, it's not a one-time right, thing. Right. Just this. If you can't show up, yeah. maybe another church in twenty years will do it. Too bad. So yeah, sad. Come back one year. Yeah. 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 With almost six thousand men and women looking for groups, going to the the website looking for groups a month. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope we would hope that churches are launching these yeah. quarterly. You know, yeah. or more. We do yeah. have some churches. At least that quarterly are, is good. Yeah. yeah. Right. We have a lot of churches that are just yeah. they just launch them when they get enough yeah. people. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we hope that uh they're continue, you know, continue to build groups. And not only that, what I what I do, so the launch night, I actually do a like a, a relaunch night about yeah. five, six months into group. So I basically will basically go over the first night again mm. as just kind of a a touch base and yeah. then have them share their story mm. again, but, but add of add a little bit to where they're at now. Right. So I kind of do it twice in, in the course of the group. Yeah. I mean, I echo that. It makes yeah. sense to do it like, and figure out the flow of your church and the rhythm of the schedule that you guys keep there yep. and make sure that this is something that is prioritized in the flow of that schedule. Yeah, what I would say is that every person joining a group needs to have been to a launch night yeah, or an yeah, orientation. Right. So whatever that means, and, and that may mean that you or another one of your leaders meets them for coffee and, and does a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. I did that a number of times yeah. because as, as my approach was with groups, that if someone's ready to join a group, I'm going to work really hard to get them into a group, even if it's started. You know, but typically if a group is early on in the process, they're open to adding someone. Mm -hmm. um, now, some of the women's support and recovery groups may be different, so this is different church to church. But for men, I've, I just found when I would say to men in my groups, like, hey, we got a guy that his wife just caught him in the middle of this stuff, and he yeah. really needs a group. Would you be open to someone joining us? And they say yes. Even then, I don't have that guy come to group until I've met with him and gone through the faster scale, the group guidelines, commitment to yeah. change, because I want them having made those same decisions about 100%. why am I doing this yeah. um, and not have the group dragging them along because they never really understood the expectations in the first place. So yeah. whether it's one-on-one -on -one or quarterly, I think yeah. the, the standard needs to be anyone joining a group totally. has had the orientation yeah. because then they're going to be a better group member no matter what. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I also think to add to that, 
you know, we have so many groups out there in the churches, but when somebody in a church needs a group, there's just not an opening in that. Uh, so I've been talking with leaders, say, hey, if you're doing an orientation and groups fill and you have guys, men or women that just can't get plugged in, I let them know that we have our online groups. Right. So we actually have yep. men and women in online groups that wanted to go to their church, yep. but those groups were full. Yeah. And they went through the, the orientation or that first steps. But now because mm-hmm. there's just you know not enough bandwidth for them, so right. now we have them in an online group. So yeah. that's a backup. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Uh, all right. So as we close up here, any final encouragements when it comes to group launch nights? Okay. So uh, some vulnerability here. Okay. When um, and I have had some some people come to groups uh, and then decide this isn't for me. I'm not ready for it. And for me, and this is uh, I feel like I've done enough inner work that I can tell you this is actually what's happening. I feel. Um, I feel disappointed or feel like somehow I have messed it up. And so what I'll do is to people, mm-hmm. whether it's the group or just someone who's sitting next to me, just be like, ah, uh, they're not ready yet. And I just, I basically shame them or I put them down because they're not, they're not willing to commit. And really what I'm doing is uh, the, at that attitude, I think is something we have to avoid. We have to, if someone walks out of group launch night and does not come to group, you need to make sure that whatever you say, whatever you do is encouraging to that person and Basically, what you're doing is you're positioning yourself for when that person does get to a place where they're ready to jump into group, you're still in that place or that posture toward them that they know you're a safe person. I can come mm-hmm. and talk to you. Hey, I saw you at group launch night. You shared your story. You made you made sure I knew it's okay to start my journey when I'm ready. I'm ready. Can we do this? So just be really careful the language that you use, the culture you create in that night, during that night, because... You can end up, you know, really cutting it off and someone never coming back, uh, even though they need, might know that they need healing, that yeah. they just don't feel like it's a safe place to be. Yeah, I, I was just going to echo that. And I think about uh, a phrase we've used in church for a long time now that says that the way you reach them is how you keep them. Hmm. That if our outreach efforts they need to be consistent with the rest of our church culture, because if, you know, if we reach someone at this huge, you know, Lollapalooza fun day, and then they come to our church service and it's just very plain and quiet, <laughs> so they'd be like, well, I'm not even interested in this. I came You're... to your trunk or treat. You don't have candy. Yeah, I don't why understand. Am I here? <laughs> but but what I'm pointing out is the the tone you set needs yeah. to be consistent with the groups that you have, and that's where I think it, I'd rather have someone say no and not come than have convinced them to try a group and then they come and they're a bad group out. member. Yeah. And if right. if you've led groups for any amount of time, I, I know you would agree because it's like a difficult group member that isn't committed or isn't doing their homework or doesn't open up or doesn't really seem ready like the yeah. rest of the group, yeah. it just it becomes a burden to everyone. And you, and you think, ugh, what, why are you even here? Well, better for them to make that decision up front yes. than to be that pain in the neck for you know a couple of months while yeah. you try to get them up to speed. And so you do it in love, just like you said, but, but it's ha- having the, the courage to just say, you may not be ready and this may not be a good fit for yep. you. And if that's okay... Just admit that to yourself and to me and, and don't sign up. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, final encouragement, would just be if, if you feel a little intimidated by this, it's a great opportunity to bring in an outside voice. You know, your regional group advisor is someone I know if, if they're close yeah. enough, they'd probably come and share their testimony and talk about groups a little bit. Or um, I, I know when I was a pastor, I got invited to a couple of other churches for their 
for their orientation yeah. nights because I would just talk about our groups and what we had you done. You were the and, porn pastor is yeah, what they I, called you. That's so. right. I, was, I got to be the guy. But it, it can kind of take the weight off of your shoulders, especially if this is maybe the first groups that yeah. you guys have launched. Yeah. To bring in an outside experienced voice just can help you feel like you take a deep breath and just go through some of the documents because it's all spelled out in front of you, but, but let someone else um, have that involvement really bolster the night yeah. and what people hear. So yeah. look for those opportunities, and at Pure Desire, we can probably help you find someone if Absolutely. you need a, a voice to, to add to your group launch night. Yeah, the only thing I would add is, is we have a lot of men and women who have been through the legal system, mm-hmm. who are on probation. Yeah. They know they need help. So the fact that they're on probation, they've already been charged or whatever, so now they can come to a group. Uh, so they're already nervous about walking in the door. Um, so, you know, with my story, it's a unique story. Everybody, not everybody has my story, so mm-hmm. I can immediately connect with those guys when they walk in the door when I share my story. Now, even though I could connect with them, they don't always initially will respond. Right. So it's usually a week or two later sometimes for those guys because they're worried about, and just like I was, it's like, well, if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. So how, and then then it's foreign for them to be in a group where they're going to share some of this stuff. So I would just encourage those leaders when you have people with legal issues, uh, just to accept them for who they are, um, you know, and love on them just like the next guy or gal in group because they're there because they want help. Um, and they don't have a safe place to go. And this could be, and most likely will be, the safest place for them yep. during that week to go. Yep. We actually have an episode that you did with us on the legal issues, so we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. Um, how we shape like our communication, the language that we use when encouraging people to push into recovery is super important, as we've even talked about tonight, or as we even talked about in this episode, and just as important is the consistency of that communication or having these group launch nights. So when launching groups, we have to keep in mind that everyone has levels of brokenness in their sexuality and we all need healing. And so that is on a spectrum. Be aware of that as you walk into it. And so how we handle those launch nights can really help people either feel like healing is something they can step into or push them away. So uh, Rich, thanks for your expertise, man. You being here, appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be here. Wherever you're at on your journey, church leader or not, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is looking for help, go to puredesire.org and start your healing journey. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. It's free. We'll have Rich send you a free copy of his book. Uh, Share it with your friends and family. Write a review. I'm just kidding. Rich just looked at me. Okay, maybe that won't happen. No, we're good. Bad joke. Anyway, write a review. (laughs) Help others find the podcast. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath, this is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.